0: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jesse Bergman. I'm here at the Foundry in downtown Lincoln, and we are excited to, as always, to be talking about Transformers TCG. And I'll be your host today, and along with me is my co-host, as always. Hi, guys. I'm Neil Mollman,
1: and uh, why don't you guys come take a ride on the bus with us?
0: So we got a big show in store today. This is our inaugural episode, our uh, first-time podcasting, so bear with us as we learn all the ropes. But uh, Again, I want to thank the Foundry just because they've given us a great recording studio to work out of. So they're super. We're super fortunate to have them, but uh, kind of helping us out here. Yeah,
1: they have a wonderful, wonderful setup for us here.
0: Okay, so we uh, we said we we're going to talk about Transformers TCG. So, like, why why are we going to talk about Transformers TCG, Neil? Well,
1: because I love Transformers. Yeah, me too. Because last summer when. Uh, they announced that Wizards was going to make Transformers game. I got real geeked out, and uh, as card players, we love new games and love Transformers, and it's a good place to start. It's a new and upcoming game, and I think it's going to get a lot of traction.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it, clearly the announcement of the announcing of organized play, which we'll talk just a little bit about today, but not too much. Uh, really kind of up the game on this game in particular and certainly kind of saw an explosion of excitement around it once that happened. And Origins just fueled that fire even more.
1: Right. 2019 has had big, real tournaments, and that's more than 90% of card games that come out can say.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, I mean, certainly, you know, if, if for those of you that have followed us, you know that we cover this game on Punch It Plays, which is our YouTube channel and um, we were both big fans of it there, and we, we talked a lot about how we didn't like the mixing of Autobots and Decepticons and, of course, got proceeded to get some comments that said, hey, you know what, that's happened all, all the time in lore. I want to just preface, we are not Transformer lore experts. We are Gen 1 fans that grew up with the franchise, uh, probably separated from it for a little while, and then, at least for me, came back into it once there was a trading card game because I love trading card games and I love Transformers.
1: Right. the I love Gen 1 Transformers. I've watched all of Beast Wars, but I, I wasn't one of those kids that, like, zoned, zoned in on that one and that's their favorite. Like, I want my robots to turn into cars and tanks and stuff and not into... Animals, but I'm sure that I'll get eaten up on social media about that.
0: Well, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's, I think there's, there's a couple of different Transformer fans out there. So definitely agree with you that, like, for me, Beast Wars didn't resonate for me, but I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that are, that are like that and uh, enjoy, didn't enjoy Beast Wars, but enjoyed other parts of the franchise. I'm really excited to be reading some of the IDW comics soon. Like, I'm on the mission to try to find some of the trades that are out there, some of the, you know, stuff that came out past, if you will, and definitely want to explore that a little bit and certainly the game has helped fuel that so good on you Hasbro you've, you've sucked me back in, in in entirety
1: yeah they uh did a really good job that's that's what happens when you start with a great idea and have Wattsy money and Watsy experience and not only a wide player base of you know Magic or any of the other big games Magic specifically just because it follows the similar tournament format and everything also just a great product that is collectible. You know, I'm sure there's tons of people out there that don't play the game that just collect all the Transformers memorabilia, and they're in on this too.
0: Yeah, you definitely see it when you look at some of the great content creators out there. I mean, we'd be remiss and not say that they kind of inspired us to to start this, right? Like guys like us, Datakuma, and his channel, and Wreck and Rule, and Vector Sigma, those guys are all been kind of integral, and in, in, at least for me in this experience of helping me kind of stay plugged into this game. Because to be quite honest, our local community is still very much in its early infancy. We we just don't have a huge local player base that's latched onto this game yet.
1: Right. And, you know, the guys that are here and play with us, they're great. You're right. We we would love to have anybody come to Lincoln, play on Monday night if you're in the area.
0: Yep. Monday nights at Hobby Town. So there's a shout out to Hobby Town. We love those guys over there too. We, uh, we both have come from card backgrounds. I mean, we've played cards for a very long time. I, I can harken my card playing days all the way back to alpha days of magic played in so many card games. I I mean, we take a whole episode to dissect or talk about all the ones that I've played in, but some of the key ones for me have been magic in the versus system. So tell, tell the audience, I mean, some of our followers have maybe seen you in other content, know this already, but for, Folks that are just jumping into our podcast, what what are some of like the key card games that have influenced you over the years? And you know, we'll talk a little bit about why Transformers kind of fills that need now today.
1: My very first card game was the decipher Star Wars CCG. I'm also a huge Star Wars fan. That game uh, was a mess. Eventually, it went under. I played Magic from o2 until I still play today. I was a tournament grinder for Magic from 2004 to 2010, roughly, and I played Versus System, obviously. That's how I met you, which was a great game. It was really unfortunate how that game turned out. Like you mentioned Hobbytown. My card playing days started there because I was a Hobbytown employee here in Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, helps, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I played Yu Gi Oh, I played Pokemon. I played all the big ones, a bunch of you probably haven't heard of. L5R card game from like the early 2000s. Definitely. But Magic was the one that I was most competitive at and played the most and still play the most.
0: You know, I mean, I, I have had a love-hate relationship with Magic for the better part of the last 15 years. I, I There's periods of times where I love it and there's periods of times when I, I hate it. I definitely feel like this game... Transformers could easily be my replacement where I just don't feel a need to go back. And that's saying something because there's been a lot of games I've tried to do that in, just not been able to. Get into them a little ways and then you find major balancing issues or you find a lack of a no good organized play system. And to be fair, I like to play competitively. I don't find myself wanting to just play casual kitchen table versions. In fact, I tend to analyze cards from a purely competitive standpoint and I can't really return back to just playing casual
1: yeah it's tough sometimes i i'm with you there i i don't think that anything will replace magic for me this game i have fallen in love with mostly just because i like transformers but also because it's quick and it's easy i can sit down with anybody and play the game mm-hmm. and teach them. it's it's so fast especially in the last couple months where we've been setting up for this and talking about gen con format and maybe trying to grind into packs you talked about all those content creators i've spent hours now just watching their content listening to their content reading their content and i've learned so much more about the intricacies of this game that that's that's what i like to see is a game that's simple to pick up once you get to that competitive level the decisions are difficult i can't say that the decisions are difficult all the time there's a lot more to it than what you think you know when when i came into this game and we were playing sealed or draft or even just like the starter decks or whatever i thought that you just kind of figure out how you're going to attack such that you get more attacks than your opponent but it's it's more to it than that and you don't always just like play action and equipment and smash you i really enjoyed consuming this content over the last two months
0: so that was a really good segue neil when you start talking about the starter sets there because to me the wave one and wave two starter sets were very poor in the experience of teaching the game leading us to the depth that could exist in the game. So it gives a very rudimentary experience. And in turn, it kind of leaves you wondering, is there really enough meat on this bone to to have a really competitive, serious card game? Or is this just a great game to teach your kids and, and play like a la Pokemon and even Pokemon has a deep gameplay right like at the end of the day like I was kind of wondering where where it was going to fit into the mix when you talk about existing trading card games I gotta say since Chris uh, a good friend of ours just got back from San Diego Comic-Con was super awesome and stood in the Hasbro line for us and picked us up the exclusive 35th anniversary Soundwave blaster set which don't worry if you didn't make it this Comic-Con this is going to come out in retail stores just with some some different art but we have an opportunity then to kind of kind of get an early peek at Soundwave and Blaster and play with them a little bit. And I feel like this is the kind of thing that a starter set should do. They're interesting between the two of them. There's some unique cards. So there's some difficult decisions to make on when is it right the right time to play some of the cards. And and it's not so obvious in terms of like what order to attack things and what order to do things in. I just feel like it was a it was a really good upping of the game for a starter set experience.
1: I, I really enjoyed the game we played because I crushed you. <laughs> You know, going in, I, I assumed that the Blaster deck was going to be better. He seems to fit, like, what the current meta was of the game in general prior to Origins. And for a starter deck, the Aggressive deck would usually be better, It just mostly because the deck had grenade launchers in it. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, the most important mechanic of both decks was Pierce, which yeah. was really funny because the and Soundwave deck is... Yeah, because the Soundwave deck is obviously supposed to be geared towards Pierce. Blaster deck gets a double orange, and the you would think that the Soundwave deck would get a double blue, but instead they get a double black. I wasn't sold on that being great, but it actually was. So I just pierced you down, but when you were attacking me back, you did more damage to me with the Daring Counterattack card that gives Pierce six.
0: Right. That's an which, amazing card, by the way.
1: It was just, it's just strange to me. It seemed counterproductive like counterintuitive to how the deck seemed to be built, that you were just like getting in there for three with your ram horn or whatever, giving him pier six and doing some damage because otherwise I was just not taking any.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I mostly used it with Blaster and, and really did get the six pierce six a couple of times to fire. It's a great card. Obviously, it can only be played in Blaster. And maybe for our audience who hasn't seen these, can you read Daring Counterattack for them, Neil?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Daring Counterattack is one of the unique cards from the Blaster deck. They haven't printed another set. Most of both starters were cards that have been previously printed in Wave 1, 2, and 3. There are uh, cards specific to the Blaster deck and specific to the Sound Wave deck and one card that's in both. During counterattack is an action. It has an orange pip. It's an Autobot card and it says, choose one of your characters. It gets plus one attack until end of turn for each Autobot mini cassette in your KO area. That part didn't come up. Nope. It goes on to say, if you have Blaster on the battlefield, the chosen character also gets Pierce 6 until end of turn. That was the important text every time that you played it. Absolutely. I don't know if that card good enough for competitive constructed in the starter decks that was by far the most powerful thing it seemed like you were doing
0: yeah i wonder i wonder if you're really going into the this bold concept with blaster like they they seem to be pointing us in that direction right with except for this one card that has pierce six on it i wonder if it's a situation where a competitive blaster deck isn't three white on the mini cassettes, and it's just like Blaster, some mini cassette, and then another, because it'd be a 10-star bot at that point, if I'm remembering correctly. You know, at that point, you might, you know, you might have access to things like Piece of Tyranny to get your mini cassette out, which the plus one attack is fine, but the plus one attack matters for Blaster because if you do get a single plus one attack on him with Pier 6, it is a 6 Pier 6 without flips, which is really, really good. I think that that puts him into a dangerous position. You know, to be fair, like, Blaster's ability does matter, I think, in some competitive decks as well well, because I think once you can refine the deck in, you can really get to that. So Blaster's ability on alt mode is pretty standard. Just for those of you that are, again, haven't seen this yet, Blaster's attack in alt mode is zero attack. He has 14 health and two defense, and he's a 10-star bot, and it says your starting star limit increases by one for each mini-cassette you have on the starting team. Uh, And it starts the game with all mini-cassettes on on your starting team under it. Depending on how you set up your starting team can impact what you have for extra bots, but then his bot mode is when you flip to this mode, deploy a mini-cassette from under this to the battlefield in bot mode when you do play the top card of your deck so obviously having more mini cassettes matters right because if you have a bunch of them then you can get this ability to fire more times but this is kind of like a mini field communicator right so you're getting a built-in field communicator even for a single activation and that extra action or upgrade could be important especially in a constructed deck right I,
1: i think blaster and soundwave both in general are very good bots the extra guys are just okay but because of the way that they work they're better than normal guys of that size, I think. As long as you have the the Soundwave or blaster to deploy them, mm-hmm. Soundwave similarly to Blaster also starts with cassettes under him, and when he flips to his bot side, deploys them. They're they're very similar to how Metroplex works. Yeah. The mini cassettes are interchangeable, and they have, I think, more interesting powers than the bots that come out of Metroplex.
0: For sure. I I do think the three mini cassettes are sufficiently better than any of Metroplex's bots. And I think it shows how much they learned from the Metroplex to get themselves into a position where they could you know, really improve on the design before releasing Soundwave and Blaster. Because I I know, you know, and I know, we were both waiting patiently for Soundwave,
1: right? Right, we were on the way up to Omaha for that tournament last month, and I was saying that I was kind of disappointed in the Wave 3 Soundwave. Contrary to what I originally thought, apparently he's really good, and that Pierce Deck four-wide Soundwave Spy Patrol is really good and I'm excited to play it, but I personally just Soundway is my favorite. I'm sure that I'm not alone. And I was just kind of like, he's really meh. He's an uncommon, like I wanted to see him do something like Metroplex. We already had that kind of mechanic printed for the Metroplex deck and it would have been perfect. And then not two days later, we found out that they were gonna release this 35th anniversary edition that was essentially exactly what I wanted. And I'm so
0: happy. <laughs> So to explain Soundwave, just for those of you that are, again, I'm, I'm going to stop saying this repeatedly, but at some point that have, haven't seen these cards yet, they are spoiled online. You can actually check them out on a number of different resources. Soundwave in alt mode, he is a specialist and he's a leader, which is interesting. Why they didn't give Blaster leader in this scenario and give Soundwave leader is something that I don't know what the point is. I feel like Blaster would have been great with a Matrix. And now we can't, we can play the Matrix on him, but we can't get that plus buff on the on the wide on the team. Right.
1: I think it's just for flavor reasons. Because he was only, he wasn't really like an Autobot leader. Right. He was just Optimus' best friend or whatever. But (laughs) that
0: makes Soundwave especially good with Callous Leadership right like that's when we start right. talking about competitive play right. but to to continue this uh you know that's a little bit later discussion maybe we'll do a deck profile on these at some point because i think we are brewing some ideas for Soundwave to be competitive so Soundwave has zero attack 15 health and two defense uh in alt mode in bot mode so he's got one more point of defense than blaster but in bot mode he's four attack 15 health and two defense, so he's got one more defensive point, one less offensive point, which we came to find out really doesn't matter because of the pierce emphasis in the deck. But when uh, when his ability says, when you flip to this mode, deploy a mini cassette from, from under this to the battlefield in bot mode. When you do, look at your opponent's hand and choose a card from it. Your opponent puts that card on top of their deck. So this is a turn one Thoughtseize. I mean, if you're a Magic player, this is a thought-seize. We, we said, well, what's the point in putting the card on top of the deck until you realize that even, whatever card you put on top of the deck means there's a card not in their hand and that they're going to have to get rid of just in the battle flip. So it's a roundabout way of discarding it without being a pure hand-hate card, right?
1: Right. To put this in perspective, you know, I've been watching a lot of that content we talked about earlier, and specifically I've been watching Akuma play a lot of Major Shockwave. The Shockwave flip gets really oppressive like mm-hmm. you do it three or two or three times and your opponent is just like completely out of gas yep now that puts Soundwave in a really interesting place because Soundwave plus one cassette is 14 stars it's actually 15 stars but because you have a cassette it gives you an additional star in your team so it's you have a 26 star team and 15 stars instead of a 25 star team and 14 stars if you're playing shockwave the making them discard but you get to pick the best card of their hand turned out to just be insane and I thought it would be good, but it was just way better than I ever thought it would be. And it's it's pretty crazy because obviously don't get that card back because they're going to flip it in the battle cards when you attack. So it has this like multifunction of like, usually you're just going to choose their best card mm-hmm. to try to kill their next turn. Alternately, you get to like, like, say you're playing against a blue Optimus or blue Shockwave or something, some heavy defense deck. You can kind of like kill one of their defensive flips with it just by putting a a blank or a black pip or right. something on top. Though I think normally you would still just, just take their best card to play because it really neuters their turn. Like
0: It does. And and what's interesting about it to me and, and what I want to try to exploit as I start deck building with him in, in greater detail is... You know, there's a lot of uh, Lionizer decks running around right now with these double orange, you know, and Pieces of Tyrannies, right? And so a lot of people are talking about using Espionage as a way to try to play the Pieces through Tyranny, but timing really matters on that. With, with this, you can build—I still think you're playing Espionage, just to be clear, but I think you're building this with the idea that if you can rapidly— move Soundwave around, flipping them around, you can at least, in the early game, control that early piece of Tyranny on Lionizer. And you also have the opportunity to early control the early game of security checkpoints on, And when you're playing up a heavy heavy blue deck. So it kind of makes it a little safer for you to maybe load up some upgrades, which I've seen a lot of blue decks reducing their upgrade counts because they know they're going up against a lot of blue decks with security checkpoint. I don't know if that's... Um, you know, I don't know how how to do that yet, and obviously we'll we'll check back in somewhere down the road with a competitive sound wave deck on this podcast and talk about it. But that's that's kind of my initial thought with it.
1: Yeah. One additional thing I would say, just in regard to the shock wave or sound wave ability, is that I have never seen a bot in this game that wants to go second more than sound wave. Yeah. Because your opponent, they draw their first card, they make their flip and their attack. God, no. what the hell are they going to do next turn if you flip your sound wave? Like, right, if You go second, you... you flip your sound wave. Do anything. Right. And what the hell are they going to do? Like, well, and and you know, the, they better so, have two grenade launchers. That's, that's right.
0: Because, because that's, you're absolutely right. Like, They're, they're, first off, they're, they're looking at four cards instead of three when you go second in this scenario, right? Like you're, you're actually getting a a wider picture of what, what's the best card to take. Number two, we always know like every card game, hand information is king, right? Like hand information is a hundred percent king. And that's what makes, you know, that's what makes a sound wave so strong.
1: Right. You just get to know their whole plan, the whole game, assuming that you keep flipping your sound wave. I mean, obviously on top of a discard effect, you also are just making more guys, Right. One cool thing that we played wrong at the beginning because we're very smart and we didn't read the back of the box was this is what happens after uh,
0: we've had a heavy meal and decide to try (laughs) to play a game.
1: Was that when you deploy the mini cassettes from under Blaster or Soundwave, they are deployed standing with bot side up. You know, normally all your guys would start alt side up. They start bot side up, and that made a huge difference because we were looking at these guys, and all of them are on the alt side are zero attack one defense nine health and i'm like what the hell do you do with this like you're right. supposed to flip your sound wave and make a zero one and then attack with it for zero yeah and no
0: we definitely played <laughs> that wrong yeah <laughs> well, and once once you flip them like once you start playing with them on bot side as as you're supposed to yeah PSA. you realize that
1: they're pretty good
0: yeah you, you do you realize that their powers matter I, I definitely think there's a a couple of staple mini cassettes that are for each side, both Autobot and Decepticon, that are kind of the living the dream mini cassettes, if you will. And so let's let's talk yeah. about those let's, cassettes. Let's take a
1: minute and just go over the cassettes. In the blaster deck, there are three Autobot mini cassettes, Eject, Ramhorn, and Steel Jaw. And like I said, on the alt side they're all zero attack, one defense, nine health. They all have stealth on the alt side. And starting from eject, he has when you flip to this mode. Look at the top two cards of your deck, you may scrap them. This is It's a fine ability, it's not a great ability. You get to like see if your attack is gonna be good or bad before you do it and you try to improve your odds of hitting good on your attack. The ram horn on the alt side has when you flip to this mode you may remove an armor, for, or you may move an armor from one of your characters to another one. Um, that has some amount of synergy with his other side that we'll talk about, but it just moves your armors around. It can trigger one played abilities on armors, just kind of a another ability that's reasonable but not amazing. Right. And Steeljaw has when you flip to this mode, each of your characters gets bold one until end of turn. That's an ability that some decks probably want. Like there's lots of bold decks and.
0: Looking at you, Wheeljack. Yeah. Although I, I think military specialist from Prowl is probably still just better than players. right, but I, but maybe I
1: don't know that, that any of these guys are going to have a big space outside of having the commander with them, but that one has it has a, a good ability. Yeah. So on the the bot side, all of their stats are three attack, one defense, nine health. Eject has when this defends, enemies can't use bold. That's interesting. There's lots of bold
0: decks. There are.
1: If you can force them to attack the eject, they lose a lot of value the ramhorn has when this defends you may play a white armor. As soon as I read this guy, I like got out my little phone app and I'm like, man, I hope there's a cool white armor besides force field. Force field being a cool white armor and it something is. that you would always want to do. Knowing that there's only three cards in your deck that you could ever possibly play with this guy makes me feel a lot worse about it. Though yeah. if if you ever do it, it feels really good, I'm sure, like Yeah, I did do it in our first game
0: if you remember right. It's yeah. just
1: it, it just yeah, yeah. It's it's it is what it is. He's like a Really bad Scrapnel. He is. He's only five stars, and he synergizes with the Blaster and everything, so...
0: But Scrapnel's only seven, so to be fair, those, <laughs> <laughs> those two extra stars shouldn't make that much yeah. difference.
1: So what Jesse's telling you is that you should always play Insecticons and never play Soundwave or Blaster.
0: And I, the sad part about it is, is I don't <laughs> even like playing Insecticon.
1: The final one, Steeljaw, on his bot side has Bold 1, and he has each of your characters that has ten stars or more has Bold 1. So that's an interesting ability. You know, by himself he has Bold, so... If you want bold, he has bold. It's a good ability. But he also has the ability to give other characters bold. And like Jesse was talking about before, if you play Blaster plus Steeljaw, you're at, Fifteen stars of a twenty-six star team. Right. So you could potentially have another bot that would gain bold from steel. Job. And I
0: think the Freedom Fighter Optimus Prime. And don't quote me on this because I don't have it in front of me right now. But I think he's eleven stars, and he he's is. got bold three on one side, if I remember. I, right.
1: I'm very aware because he's in my sealed pool in our sealed league, and I'm crushing you with
0: him. No, no, and you're everything. thinking of General Optimus Prime from Wave Three, and I think he's eleven stars too, if I remember oh, right. And he's the tough that's one. Bold. About? No, I'm I'm talking about the original. St- I think it's the starter Prime, or it might be just the common Prime from oh, Wave common prime from wave 1. But I think he's got bold on one side and then he heals yeah. all your Autobots, right, when he flips back. So like there's there's some synergy there too. In fact, given another shout out to a content creator, TCG Rollout is playing with a like a Pierce version with that prime and something else and you know, he's he's kind of a he, he gets overshadowed by Battlefield Legend like every card does.
1: Let's let's not make a game of comparing cards to Battlefield yeah, Legends. Yeah, 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 <laughs>
0: we we can't. We just can't. So, at the end of the day, like I I think that you know, Blaster is the one to me where like getting getting a single field communicator play off a Blaster is is fine. It's a, it's a good ability. Where right. I think
1: field communicator is a great card. So is uh, Leap of Faith. All the ones that do that have turned out to be very good. Right. Even people are playing uh, Anticipation Engine or Metal Detector, which are even more narrow than the Blaster ability. Right and it's still pretty good right like, right
0: so I think just if you can use that ability once in a game and then not have to worry about flipping blaster around now you have this kind of synergy of using like whatever your third bot is that you want to keep flipping back and forth all the time and I think that's where steel claw or steel jaw excuse me that's where steel jaw can come in has a good support bot
1: yeah he's got a find ability I both him and uh, ravage which we'll talk about here in a second are the most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Decepticon cassettes, Buzzsaw, Frenzy, and Ravage. Unfortunately, there was not a Laserbeak. I, I know oh. there's a Laserbeak in Wave 3. Yeah, there is. But, like. I, 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 I was
0: kind of surprised to not see Laserbeak in this starting team. But that, I mean, maybe they have a plan for more mini cassettes in the future.
1: If they, I mean, the more mini cassettes they print, the crazier Blaster and Soundwave become. Like, right. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the reason that. Laserbeak and Ravage from Wave 3 are not mini cassettes. You know, you think that's weird because they are mini cassettes, but, but they don't actually have that trade.
0: darn good without, right. without needing this they extra help.
1: And Soundwave and Blaster don't need the extra help of having them on the team either. Right. Like, yeah. Ravage, Frenzy, and Buzzsaw. Like I said, the alt mode is zero attack, one defense, nine health. They all have stealth just like the Autobot ones. Ravage has an alt mode. When you flip to this mode, one of your characters gets pierced too. It's a good ability. We've seen decent, it. yeah. We've seen Pierce 2 on um, tons of cards that are all played. It's all re- always really good. Frenzy so has- just to add a
0: comment to that, I mean, if you haven't played these decks yet, what I can tell you about it is you're very unlikely to be flipping your mini cassettes when you first deploy them. So when you start bringing them out with Soundwave's ability or Blaster's ability, they're probably going to live in bot mode for most of the game.
1: Right, and the reason for that is just because the flips on Blaster and Soundwave are so good. That's right. Though I did flip Frenzy, or I'm sorry, Buzzsaw once against you. He has stealth. When you flip Buzzsaw to alt mode, you may move a weapon from one of your characters to another one. So That's he's so good. He's the reverse of Ramhorn. Uh, he does weapons instead of armor, but he he also plays weapons on his other side. There's way more targets than then Ramhorn has the single force field.
0: It's not quite as good as our only banned card, but it is pretty darn close. It
1: is a similar effect. <laughs> um, finally, Frenzy has, when you flip to this mode, your opponent reveals the top two cards of the deck, and you may have them scrap them. So he's the reverse of Eject. Right. You're just looking and setting up your attack against your opponent.
0: He is so much better than Eject, though. Like, Eject's ability is so hit or miss for me. Like, I just... I. But, yeah,
1: I you know. I don't know. I, I think both of them are just kind of meh. Like like you said, they're gonna live in in bot mode. Right. The bot mode again, mm-hmm. similar similarly to the Autobots, they have three attack, one defense, and nine health. Buzzsaw has when this attacks, you may play a blue weapon. That's so much better than play a white armor. It, like it, it is the if you actually have the force field, the ram horn ability is better, but you right. have to actually have the force field to do it. Buzzsaw has like. Like Energon X and Laser Cutlass and right, just Scoundrel's, for Scoundrels sure. Blaster exactly. like insanity. It's yeah,
0: I mean Primary Laser even heck, I mean that plus two with that is is just fine too in right. this it, deck. I mean so many people have replaced Primary Laser with Scoundrel's Blaster for obvious reasons. You could you could make a case for why that card is just as good now as as a Scoundrel's Blaster if you don't have an all Decepticon team, which is my hint here when saying that you may cross like cross pollute some of the yeah. Autobot. Cassettes with Soundwave. That would be where you would come out kind of ahead, I think.
1: Right. I. I mean, Buzzsaw was just a champion in the little starter game we played. Yes. He was so good. Frenzy is the reverse of Eject. We talk about so his bot side has when this attacks, enemies can't use Tough. Right. Eject said so they can use Bold. Frenzy gets to attack. Which, which either. in the starter
0: game is so awkward because yeah. <laughs> in the starter game, like enemies can't use Bold. Well, Soundwave doesn't have any Bold. Right. Blaster has the Bold. You know, Tough is something Soundwave has. But you're playing with that bot on your Sunwave right. team. Blaster team doesn't have it, so so there's a little awkwardness in terms of like, what an irrelevant ability, in the starter deck experience, right?
1: Just in the deck experience. But I
0: mean, you you could honestly just make this swap, right? Like you could put like the game would be infinitely more interesting when you swap this and you you put the Autobot one on the Decepticon team and the the you know. I, Right. That's just, a, that's just like a weird like, yeah. comment I made when I was playing it for the first time. I'm like, well, that's so weird. Why didn't they just like...
1: For both of us, Eject and Frenzy were the, was the last one we played. Right. He's fine. Yeah. He's okay. I mean, can't use tough, can't use bold abilities are interesting on all the cards they're on, like uh, Acid Storm and Warpath and the stunticon equipment or whatever. I, right. I don't know if that card is actually good, but like people look into those because we have decks that are so focused into those abilities that turning them off is really good. So... It's possible that in this meta, one or both of them are good, but not in the starter deck experience. Finally, Ravage, who's also great. Man, I, I really think that these Decepticon ones make the Autobot ones look pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ravage is the three attack, one defense, nine health, just like all of them. He has Pierce two, so as compared to Steeljaw, who's like his mirror, is bold one, Ravage has Pierce
0: two. Right. Like, Just guarantee Like that's a real comparison. Damage. Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Like this is this is the I, I think that obviously in testing they felt like the bold one would net steel jaw two damage, just like Ravage would get two damage. And maybe it does in theory and in practice, but there's a point in the game where like Bold one will get outshined by by just a tough bot, right? Like
1: right. They they just they had steel jaws value baked into a give your ten stars or bigger bold, right? And so they think that that ability is better than ravages of their ability, which I'm not even sure it is. Yeah, I
0: don't. Because I don't know either. Ravage
1: has more text than even what I just described. Right. uh He goes on to say, each of your characters that has ten stars or more has tough one right so again the reverse of steel jaw just very good
0: like well and it goes right back to what we were just saying like ravage is still going to guarantee a two damage swing right like even right so at the end of the day you're going to get two damage on whatever target you're going to hit providing that you're not playing some weird you know weapon on it like but a bit of honestly if you put a scoundrel's blaster on ravage he's four pierce four yeah like that is Autobots. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sure, but but I mean, we're we're just talking about like right. in, in the, the starter, starter deck, deck experience, experience that that plays. Where all exists. of your
1: all of your opponent's defenders are Autobots, and your deck has three Scoundrels Blasters two. in it. It's two. I, oh. I did check.
0: Yeah, but it's it doesn't matter because I mean, even in competitive decks, you're only going to play two Scoundrels Blasters because a green pip guarantees it to your hand. Right.
1: You just always have it, and you can always put it on your Buzzsaw when he attacks. That's right. And you can flip your Buzz on, putting your Ravage attack for four. That's right. It's,
0: it's 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 pretty. Uh, I I do think that I think what you're hearing from Neil and I is is that the Soundwave deck against Blaster in particular, the Soundwave deck is definitely on a, a notch higher than the Blaster deck I just in think starter it's more deck experience. Consistent. Yeah,
1: the Blaster deck certainly has the ability to win. Like Grenade Launch is a hell of a card, right? Unlike Scoundrel's Blaster, you have to actually try to draw the grenade launcher. Scoundrel's Blaster, you just always have.
0: Well, and to be fair, you have to you have exactly two turns in between, uh, in between the flips of Soundwave, unless your opponent can speed up Soundwave's flips, which they can do in the starter decks as well. Both players have escape routes, which helps you get back to your alt mode faster. You know, what you get into with that scenario is you get into this kind of weird spot where if you don't get the grenade launcher in those two flips, then you're probably never going to get it because there's just this opportunity where soundwave just keeps it consistently out of your hand, right? Like right. It's uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just it, it, you're ne- you're never going to get that that grenade launcher down or it's going to be very very rare, I think. And especially you don't want grenade launcher opening hand. You, you I'm going to tell you right now, if you have grenade launcher opening hand in your soundwave or your blaster soundwave matchups, you're going to lose it. Like you're not going to get to play it. And so because it, especially if you're a starting player, which what, like Neil just said, Soundwave wants to go first. So regardless of the or second. So regardless mm-hmm. of the flip, whoever wins it, like I'm not sure Blaster really wants to go second. But maybe you do just because it's it's better than Soundwave. But it still doesn't help you if grenade launchers in your opening hand. There's right. just you, not a scenario. You don't,
1: there's no scenario where if grenade launchers in your opener that you get to play it. Yeah, unless you top deck another one. That's right.
0: So we've we've gone through all of the bots we've talked a little bit about some of the initial strategy we saw off of again just one game guys so just just and gals just to be clear we're not we're not claiming to be experts on this right now we're just saying that this was our first impressions of this set and so i don't want anybody to go oh my goodness like these you know these guys don't know what they completely missed something that's very possible that we like the way the order of cards right. came if up,
1: i'm babbling like an idiot please just like let me know on social media i yeah. would i would love to have your input
0: yeah, so let's talk about the exclusive battle cards. Let's—we've already talked about damaging or daring counterattack, excuse me. Let's talk about the other. Let's see. There's there six are six of them. There are four.
1: There are four cards in each deck, right. and one of them is a crossover. They both have recovered cassettes. So right. let's let's start with that one.
0: Yeah, because I think it's really interesting.
1: This is by far like the interesting is the right word. The the most interesting card that is only in the starter it hasn't been printed in other sets. Recover cassette is an action. It has a blue pip. If you have blaster or sound wave on the battlefield, you may put one of your mini cassettes from the battlefield under it. If you do repair two damage from one of your characters, then put this card into your KO area. Just to start the analysis here, they think this card is extremely powerful because instead of scrapping it when you're done with it, you put in your KO pile. You never get back. Right. Yeah, they um, definitely
0: don't want you recurring it
1: right it could get pretty nutty so to iterate some of the rules that i've read about this card when you take one of your cassettes and put it back under your blaster sound wave it heals all damage right um it goes to just kind of like
0: a limbo mode or yeah some like sort.
1: like nowhere yeah at, under your sound wave is where it is i guess but in that zone it doesn't have damage on it so when you redeploy it with the blaster sound wave ability it comes back out in bot mode standing and full health. Of damage yeah and on top of that you heal two damage one of your characters it doesn't have to be the sound wave or the blaster it can be anybody it's there's just a lot of stuff like this card is a book yeah it is and
0: i i like to call these kinds of cards bible cards because it's like yeah. you have to read the text over and over and over again to really understand everything that's doing and how it works so
1: specific to this card let's talk just briefly about a couple of things that happen you heal two damage Traditionally, in this game, like, two damage seems to be an ability that Wizards thinks is extremely powerful. Because the cards that they've printed that heal two damage are not very good. Right. I agree. Like, Medic has no pip on it, right? Right. So, like, you have to jump through one additional hoop to do this that you can't do it. Like, Medic will just heal regardless of the situation. Right. But that hoop is something you already want to be doing because you already want to be deploying your cassettes from under your guys. Right. Um, so that ability by itself, I the healing is just kind of extra to me, yep. but Wizard seems to think that it's very powerful. Yeah, I mean, so
0: I mean, that's saying something considering you still get a blue pip on this card.
1: Right. Additionally, the healing from the cassette that you take is huge, right? Like, yeah. They have nine health, which is a lot of health like, yeah. for a five-star bot.
0: For sure. It's and up there with like a Constructicon, Aerial bot or something like that.
1: Right. The other mini cassettes that aren't mini cassettes also have nine. But so you, you could feasibly heal maximum of eight damage off one of them
0: mm. right total healing would be maximum of 10 with the heal if off you include the heal from recovered cassette. cassette itself
1: yep. and i mean that's a lot of damage that's that's a big attack it's an enormous of amount of damage additionally because like you talked about sound wave being a leader it has some crazy synergy with callous leadership you can callous leadership damage off your sound wave onto one of your cassettes and then recover that cassette can't, obviously, can't do it in the same turn unless you have a brainstorm or something that allows you to play additional actions. Right, that sequence ends up being very powerful. You you get a lot of value out of that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it goes back to you know even I. Th- I'm- Drawing a blank right now, but I think some of the MicroMasters from Wave 3, doesn't one of them have like scrap a card to play an action or something? I'm gonna have to go back and look at my MicroMasters because I I honestly don't pay much attention to most (laughs) of their abilities because they don't seem that relevant. But like when you start talking about, you know, start talking about some of this kind of synergy, right? Like if you can.
1: Right. I mean, you could play like multi mission gear. Right. Because Soundwave is a specialist. That's right. And get your additional action. But, you know. It does take two actions at a turn, which is something that's difficult to do to do them both at once. If you ever do that, it must be a ginormous blowout. Like if I, you,
0: <laughs> I would assume so, because you're you're just getting full value, right? So well, I. Yeah, we can move on because we've got yeah. a few other cards and we don't we don't want to go too long on time recovered today. Recover
1: cassette is is a crazy card. That's, that's my analysis. <laughs> we um, don't know how to fully use so it. So, we talked about during counterattack. Let's talk about the other cards in the Blaster deck. The Blaster deck had 3 recover cassettes. It had 3 during counterattacks. It also has 3 destructive rhythms, which is an action or I'm sorry, it's an armor a a white white pen. armor. So, I was totally wrong. You guys, I'm I'm terrible. But so the white armor it is a white pip armor destructive rhythm? And it says for each mini cassette you have on the battlefield, the upgraded character has tough one.
0: So, this is actually where I was wrong too, because I said earlier that like the blaster deck doesn't have tough. This is how they get access to tough, but in the starter deck, you have two force fields in this. And I flipped through this, I never got to play this card. Like, I ne- like the first time I read it is before we sat down for this podcast. It's also just like, interesting.
1: like tough is not a good ability in the orange primary deck of blaster, correct? But this is a card. It is I, a card. I, it's it's like an okay card. I don't know. Well I, I think
0: I think if you're like so I I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, where you're gonna probably mix a master blaster or do something different, but you could play the force fields and this with Ramhorn to be able to get that white armor out. Mm-hmm. And then there's some value, but I mean, it's it's essentially it's, it's tough one to all of your other just mini cassettes, right? If I'm remembering right, or just it, the upgraded character as tough upgrade, one. Okay, so but so, it,
1: it can get additional tough for additional mini cassettes, so right. it could be up to tough three.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't see the blaster deck and the blaster bots as just running the Autobot only version of blaster, uh, getting value from this card. I just don't
1: like. Right, you're just never gonna flip a blue in in the blaster. I, starter, I think if you so. want to
0: combine it with. Like frenzy, and now you're you're playing into this blue deck because like frenzy gives tough. If I'm I'm going from ravage here. gives tough. Yeah. Ravage gives tough. Okay, so the one that gives tough to your bots, that card in and of itself gives some value, right? Right.
1: I mean, people are playing like urban camo or whatever. That's it, a
0: extra padding and urban camo. Urban yeah. camo is a utility though, so I think the reason right. you play urban camo is just because it has it's an a extra, blue pip, right?
1: Which is better than the white pip. but this. Destructive Rhythm has the potential to be a big tough. I don't know. It's probably fine. I It's not a card that I'm excited about. Sure. Like, we'll talk about the, the white upgrade that Soundwave gets, and then you'll feel bad about what this card That's does. right. The final card that the Blaster deck has is Intercept the Airwaves. This is a star card. It has one star. It has two orange pips. It's an action. Play only if you have Blaster on your starting team. Look at the top five cards of your deck and put them back in any order. Now... Man, this card is underwhelming to me.
0: well, I, I, I played it. so i I think I want to comment here just because I know your opinion of it is fairly low. and i and I don't think that it's a really high value card. And certainly, as a double orange pip star card, it's not right. right? Like that's what makes if, it. If it was not a star card, this card would be really amazing to me because, I think one of the things that, and I'm sure the reason they make it a star card is because they, they've they learned their lesson through cards like Peace of Tyranny and how they just become staples in decks. and.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If it didn't have a star on it, every orange deck would play three just to get the pips. Just to get the
0: pips, right. And so I get why it's that way. And I used it. I had it in my hand. It was one of the only cards I had in hand after being thought seized three times.
1: Right, because I wouldn't take it from you because I don't think it's very good. <laughs>
0: right, so so I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm going to play this card. And so I played this card, and I look at the top five cards of my deck, and I know that I'm swinging with bold one on this next swing, right, out of the five cards that I'm looking at. And one of the five, the very fifth card in that particular sequence was a white pip. So if I would have just swung bold one, I would have swung for plus three, right? But because I had the white pip at f- the fifth card slot, and it, it doesn't matter that it was a fifth card slot. I'm just saying, like in in the scope of looking at the five cards, I was able to bring the white pick pip to the second card slot, and I was able to get one extra attack out of it. So right. it was like printing plus one attack in that scenario. Yeah,
1: it. I, I would never make the claim that it does nothing. Sure, it does something. Sure, but it. <laughs> but but it's but a allowed. star
0: card for plus one attack. And maybe it changes in constructed. Like it's a card that I would test in constructed just because it is double orange. So it's access to another double orange in the deck, which makes blaster just like one of the only bots that can get to nine double oranges in their deck and still have a full team. Like a lot of times, like you're you're looking at amount of missiles for that or some other, you know, double orange card. And in that process, you're 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 reducing your team value. In this case, we're still getting pretty much full bot value because we're getting 25 bot value, and then we're getting the, the plus three because of the three mini cassettes. So maybe it's okay in that scenario. Plus, I think stacking the deck when you have nine double oranges could result in some pretty insanity attacks. But So
1: when you break it down fully, the one thing I will say about this card is that five cards is the correct number that if you have no additional battle cards on attack and defense, you would get to pick which card you drew the next turn. So you look at five, and if one of them's great, you can put it on the very bottom, and then when you attack, you'll mill two. When you defend, you'll mill two. And then you can draw that card. That's true, too. But that card had better be insane, because your deck probably wants to have at least one bold or at least one tough or, like, a white flip or something. Right. And in that case, then your stacking doesn't matter. That's right. So... that that's about all i have to say about it i i I just this is a card that i think should exist but not have the like blaster tagged onto it like you can only play as you have blaster on your team it's like not even that good
0: yeah no i i think you're right the the narrowing down to blaster is just a really safe play from wizards in this case but
1: they just they just want him to feel impactful right they right they want the the starter deck experience or just like the blaster as a whole experience to feel unique to blaster. Right. And I think that's fine. Like, I just I don't think that we're gonna see a lot of interpret the airwaves anytime soon.
0: No, no, unless somehow somebody finds a blaster deck that's really strong, and that deck and that card becomes part of it. But I just don't right. I don't like see like that happening.
1: Blaster King's uh, Star Scream yeah, or something, and like some just like dig of... for your crowns. But
0: Star Scream's 13 stars, so like you're well, yeah you wouldn't
1: have any mini cassettes. It'd yeah, it'd just be just... 23 stars and plus two interpret the airwaves for your two stars to and... <laughs> dig for crown.
0: Yeah, that's that's really what no, you'd be looking at. Uh, I will
1: I will not be playing that deck. No, I do not endorse you playing that deck. No.
0: <laughs> but so let's talk uh, about since we've covered the three blaster cards, let's talk about the three shockwave cards and then we'll we'll jump to omnibots and we'll probably wrap this episode up.
1: Okay. So the first of the soundwave cards is an action it has a black pip. It does not have any other pips, so it's it's essentially blank for combat with the exception of the pierce pip. It is called buzzsaw ravage frenzy attack. And you have to say it that way when you play it by the way. No. I, I I'll yell it at you. I, I I was trying to be nice to our <laughs> listeners that have headphones.
0: I can cut that down with compression. You're good.
1: But, uh, I also don't have like the computer voice, so um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't I, come out I, right. Maybe, I don't, I'll, I don't find this, maybe I'll find impression. the sound wave soundbite yeah.
0: and I'll just plan it over the top of Neil's voice here.
1: Yeah, but this card is is funny to me. If you get to do all the parts, it's probably insane. I did a couple of the parts. It was just okay. So if you have Buzzsaw on the field, draw a card. All right. Cool. If you have Ravage on the field, do one damage to an enemy. Cool. Uh, Okay. If you have Frenzy on the field, your opponent chooses one of their armors and scraps it. Ouch. Okay. Like, all three of them by themselves are just okay. If this card was just like Black Pip Smelt, you probably wouldn't play it. Sure. If this card was Black Pip Draw a Card, you probably wouldn't play it. this card was Black Pip Zap, you wouldn't play it. Right. But because it does all of those things... As soon as you do more than one of them, it's like it's more than the value of one card probably. Yeah. Yeah. If you get to do all three, then you're I mean, you're living magical Christmas land and yep. you're having a great day. And you uh, got to
0: do two on me. But but it is advantage, right? It like in a game that's hard to find right. advantage, it is advantage. And I think that you would not necessarily forego some of those cards in a soundwave deck just because you have that card and that tells me that probably it's a smaller card count in general or maybe not make the cut at all just because of that reason
1: right this is a card i don't see myself playing in constructed but it's just kind of cool like it's just like right it's funny and it's like if you ever do the the one damage you know there's a lot of times in this game where zap is really good right for sure but I would say that's the weakest of these abilities. If you ever make them sack an armor of any kind and draw a card, that's pretty damn good. Absolutely, like that's, right. You don't get a lot of two-for-ones in this game, and that's pretty that's damn good. Tr-
0: yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, we all know how strong Bashing Shield is and why it was so important in the, in the previous meta. Uh, I think we're seeing Bash and Shield take a backseat to the importance of things like Enforcement Batons. But if you can pull this card and get kind of a built-in Bashing Shield you're not guaranteed it like bashing shield right and shield gives you that green pip but the ability for you to to use this card for two for one as you said and potentially get third effect right right like third effect may not matter but how many times i I mean i can count and countless times where i just get i just miss a bot by one damage i mean it happens so much that like that one damage can matter. It's so much so that people have talked about including cards that do one damage for, for that reason, right? Like and how, how you just add that one extra damage point in.
1: Yeah, and this card is like, I wish that there were more cards like this that were modal because you're talking about Bashing Shield or even like a Vaporize or something that's even more open, right ended you know you just sit with a bashing shield in your hand forever because right. they may not have an armor and then you just have a dead card well a card like this that's modal like you can still play for value even if there's no armor
0: to hit correct and and I would advise that if you decide to play this card do not hold it as a as a armor removal tool like m- maybe some scenarios it's absolutely important where like you just have to hold it for, for that. I still think you're probably playing some armor removal somewhere else, and so if you're going to do that, then this card is just armor removal plus. The other two abilities are much more relevant, in my opinion.
1: Let's talk about the— uh, How Stella got the, her
0: groove back? How Soundwave got her, his yeah, groove something back? something like
1: that. So we were talking about the White Pip uh, upgrade from Blaster and, and how it's okay. The White Pip upgrade from Soundwave, it can only go on mini cassettes. Put on mini cassettes only. It's a utility. It has plus one attack and plus one defense. That's like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't have not, a lot more to say not, about it than <laughs> that. There's nothing but, else to
0: say. This is so silly. This card, like how how we compare this card to const- destructive rhythm and think that we're like, like for like comparing abilities here is just baffling to me.
1: Right. The I mean, again, it's only a Soundwave card in the start experience. You could play Inner Groove on any of your mini cassettes in any of the decks, you have mini cassettes. That's in. right. But there are... How many upgrades in the game give both attack and defense? Uh, it's, Is it's, it just Ion Blaster Ion and Blaster of Magnus Prime, Armor? Magnus Armor. Oh, um, and uh, LV Cannon for Shockwave? Is that...
0: No, I think that's only a plus two You're on You're right, tack. it's just plus um, two. So
1: the weaponizer guy, if he if he's in weaponizer, right,
0: right. There is a weaponizer that gives that. Don't ever. It's a, the black pip one. If anybody quizzes me on weaponizers, like if I have to pass a Star Wars or a trans, I can't even say this. Like, wow. If I, well, I know, right? If, if I have, have to, to
1: pass a, a quiz a, about what this game we're playing is, yeah,
0: what game are we playing again? I don't know. No, I mean like if I have to pass a quiz on on these weaponizer bots, I'm gonna fail it every time. Like I I don't like they, for whatever reason like they don't resonate. Name-wise. I'm like, oh, which one is that? Oh, that's the one that if you hit on extra blue, you do three damage. Okay, cool. Like, that's how I know it. I don't know it as, like, super Megatron blaster of (laughs) hell. I mean, like, I I don't don't get it. Okay, okay. So I'm going to
1: jump off topic just for one second to have a little rant that I think I'm probably going to rant about in a bunch of episodes coming up because you were talking about Weaponizers and Megatron. And why in God's name is there not a Megatron that turns into a gun?
0: Man, I think they're holding it. I think it's... I hate this. I think they're holding it for Wave, the Siege 2, Siege 3. And I bet he's well, a super he, rare. I bet he's, he's, he's going to be a...
1: In the Siege lore, he's not a gun. He's right. a tank. That's I why know. he's a tank. I know. And that's fine. That's, that's fine. I'm mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Neil has put his finger I'm, down on the I table just because so you're not at home. Because,
1: God... I just have the fondest memories of my childhood of Megatron doing a backflip and landing in Starscream's hand in gun mode, way smaller than he started for some reason. Yep. And Soundwave is or uh, and Shock, uh, Starscream is just blasting Autobots with him. Yeah, Starscream's regular gun doesn't do anything to Autobots; mm, no. it just like bounces off because right. they're awesome and he sucks. And then Megatron <laughs> backflips into like this crappy little luger pistol, and Sound, or, <laughs> Starscream's up there just blasting away, killing Autobots left and right, like Dirty Harry. And, yep.
0: It's straight I, up.
1: I'm sorry. I, I just, I can't believe that they they made Weaponizers and they didn't make a Megatron well, I'm, gun.
0: I'm going to just, I'm going to add to this. Why can't we just get a good Megatron?
1: I think General Megatron's pretty good. He's fine. He's, he's just He's better than fine. fine. He's not great. And everybody's like, well, he should be as good as Battlefield Legend. I'm no, like, no, no you're no, stupid. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. You, you can't, no, I, I don't agree with that train of thought, but... I will be and, – and I don't know. Maybe I'll we'll have to do something crazy for a social media or something. And we'll figure something out. But I will be flabbergasted if anybody makes top 32 at Gen Con or PAX with a general Megaton.
1: I'll take that bet. What do you want to bet?
0: I don't know. What do you think we should bet? Maybe you guys can chime in about it. Like- I,
1: th- I- I think that I should bet nothing, and if I win the bet, you should give me the additional copy of Thirty Fifth Anniversary. <laughs> oh man, that's
0: a huge bet because
1: <laughs> I don't have two hundred dollars to put up against it. But no, uh, we'll figure something out.
0: Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's maybe yeah. Maybe you guys can chime in with what I, you I think, think that
1: I think that General Megatron deck. Uh, assuming that there is a General Megatron deck in the field, I will not lose this bet to you if just no one plays General Megatron.
0: Well, that should tell you all that needs to be said then.
1: But I think there will be, and I think that like top 32 is a big enough range that it'll be in you think so yeah at least one i cause top i don't 32 think it's the final tech. qualifier
0: day right for gen con which is going on this coming weekend so that we'll know on saturday yeah. so we got to come up with something fast
1: okay well
0: we'll, we'll come up with yeah. something and we'll, we'll share it on our social feeds
1: but i i think he has the potential to make top 32 i if i was going to gen con i would not play him yeah me neither I don't think he's the best deck, yeah, but I think neither. he's a deck that can win. And I think that as a bot, he's very interesting. And I think that there's a lot of bots that get printed that are not interesting. Agreed. And uh, so he's in that echelon of, you know, bots that can win games. I mean, he can win games by himself. His abilities are are powerful.
0: Here's my, here's my takeaways from the – and just adding to this comment about weaponizers in particular, because since we're on this and you want Megatron to be a weaponizer – Obviously, I agree with you that it needs to it needs to happen. Wizards needs to figure out how to make Megatron into his Gen One gun format. We all want it as Gen One fans. We want it. But then on top of that, they need to eradicate, and they need to make <laughs> no. Listen to me here for a second on this. They need to eradicate, and they need to make sure Megatron comes out as an upgrade weaponizer. And the reason why I want that is because to me, what needs to happen with those cards because I pay ten stars for cog and i'm sure that that megatron will be 12 or 13 stars like they need to put it in a position where a common removal card can't just pop it off and and so the only way to get rid of that threat is kill the bot holding it that that's all it takes right and, and in a world we live in when Wheeljacks can swing for 15 and grimlocks can swing for 22 it's not that hard it's not that hard
1: it's I mean, just not so I could go on a long spiel about sure. Krog. I think that's a card that's awesome. I, I mean, I know you're kind of low on it, but I, I think he's very cool. I don't think he has a place in the current meta, but I think he's like super powerful. And I think it would be way too good for you to be able to like quartermaster him.
0: Well, um, I definitely agree with that. I don't think he, I don't think he should be erated to be quartermasterable. I'm saying that he should be erated so that they can't be just popped off with cheap removal. Mm. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is is that it's such a simple fix to me personally that it makes him an interesting choice in the meta, right? Like it makes him a card that's you consider because you go, oh, I can put this plus four attack. Like I can put this repeatable grenade launcher on my bot and if they can't kill my bot, then I get an extra value attack out of them.
1: Yeah, I mean the the big ability that he has is the... All the draw When stuff. you play him, the, yeah. the, the yeah. draw and suit up ability. I don't know. We, we should do another episode about Cog because... Uh, this is we we won't We can off definitely do a segment about Cog <laughs> in the
0: future. But yeah, so let's let's get into the Omnibots. We've we've so covered Intergroove. It's an awesome card. We got we got if one you're more playing card. cassettes. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, so, we do. Okay. So
1: Intergroove is great. If you're playing many cassettes, you should probably be playing it. I I think it's really good. It makes them into like I mean, they're already fine attackers, but it makes them a pretty good attacker and right. pretty good Right. And pretty good defenders, and, defenders yeah. Uh, as a white pit. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet if, if they printed a card that was just plus one, plus one in a utility slot oh. on any bot, like, that card can't have a pip. That card might have a star.
0: I, it would have a star if it wasn't mini cassettes. It would, so, absolutely.
1: Anyway, Intergroove's good. I think it's good. Finally, the last of the new cards that's in the starters is called Intercept Communications. And this is the Soundwave unique, just like the Blaster had uh, Interpret the Airways. Play only if Soundwave was on your starting team. Well, at least there's another Soundwave. Like, yeah. like this already has double the opportunities to be played that's, as the right. blaster one. And maybe there'll be more blasters in the future. I can't say there won't be, but I I would bet that there are going to be more sound waves over the course of the game than there are blasters.
0: But it just has it has to be on your starting team, right? It doesn't have to be alive. Right. Yeah. That's you still important.
1: have to have a sound wave to sure. play. And that's what the blaster one does too. This is an action. It has one star and it has two black pips. That's kind of interesting.
0: It is interesting. It's
1: I, the only card that has more than one black it, It's pit. It's
0: a blank, right? Like For all intents and purposes, on defense, it's a blank. And for offense, it's mostly a blank. I mean, the double black pips matter, but you really want to be it's, buying into the
1: It's peers. interesting how you think about it, right? Because obviously this will change. Like, this is going to be... The statement will be very generalized and untrue in most situations. But you got to think about it in a strange way because these black pips are are different than we have thought about the game up until this point, right? It's very... Black pips are either a 10 out of 10 or a 0 out of 10. There's no, like, There's, in between. There's no, like, off. okay black yep. pips because you already have to have the power and you already have to not be beating their defense for it to matter. Right. So let's assume you build your deck to get to that point where that's that's what you want to be doing. Right. Well, this card just does two damage. Right. Like, like, you, like, flip battle cards and if you flip a marksmanship, like, you play it with Battlefield Legend, right? Like, you right. do two damage. Right. And that's not the perfect analogy. Like I said, there's a lot of times where it doesn't literally do that, but there are times when it does too. Right. And we know how important the pips are in this game, so having a card that you can flip in battle cards that has the potential just to do two direct damage that right. they can't defend, like that's
0: I think where good. I think where it matters, uh, I, I would actually argue this card is better in the existing major sound wave deck from uh, wave one or siege one wave three, uh, just because that a lot of the little bots. You know, they, they get these kind of awkward attack values where they're like, six attack, pierce two, right? And you're going, oh, well, it's six attack, pierce two. Like, I'm only going to get two through because right. I have...
1: You're, they're going to defend for four and you're going to do two either because right. you beat them by two or because you have pierce but two. But you
0: flip this card into it and the next thing you know, you've got six attack, pierce four. And right. and, and now, now you're, you're, you're getting above the value of an Inferno Breath, right? And so... Does it? It's, you have to argue that it competes for that Inferno Breath slot.
1: Well, I don't know about that. Inferno Breath's pretty good. It's pretty good. But so what I would say about Intercept Communications is it has a star, so it's already in a pile of cards that.
0: That's true. I forgot pretty, about the star. The star part is of it.
1: pretty limited. Like you only get to pick so many of them, and some are really good, and some are staples. You know, so I don't know if it'll replace any of those. And it already has the very narrow. You have to have a Sound Wave right. on your starting team. I was thinking about it because Jesse and I. Play in a sealed league. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been since Wave Three started. We we have been adding Wave Three packs to our sealed every week. Yep. And I was thinking about this. Which,
0: from, by the way, you you're just gonna run away with that league at this point,
1: right? If I win one more game, I will be guaranteed to not have to play the next two weeks. That's true. Because it's it because I'm the greatest.
0: Because you pulled General Optimus Prime. <laughs> that helped Ion up. Storm. Like, th- that's just a team that's very difficult. There's a lot of Constructed decks I think would struggle with that team.
1: I did almost beat Cars right. playing my limited deck. Right. But all, all that aside, <laughs> because we've been doing... Yeah, I'm the greatest. All that aside, because we've been doing The Sealed, I've been thinking about this game from the limited point of view a lot lately. Yeah, and
0: we'll talk more about limited in right. future Right, I'm episodes. very
1: excited to do episodes limited. I, I like the limited format much more than Constructed format even. But again... Just thinking about this from the limited point of view, which you, you could never open this in a pack, to no. be clear, because it only comes right. in the starter deck. Correct. But in my deck, where I have General Optimus, I, I've I been playing General Optimus plus Ion Storm, mm-hmm. and a deck of blues and oranges because in the sealed...
0: You just can't get to we, full optimization. We're playing
1: 40-card sealed, and you can't get to where you're all orange or all blue. I have cut all the cards from my deck that don't have an orange or a blue pip. Right. All of them. I have... I have I have a fuel cache that has a white. Right. Which has been really good. But because Fuel Cache is an awesome limited card, by the way. Because of the Optimus giving bold and tough and having focus, you know, I just want the pips. Because I I can stack it and I can get bold and tough on all my guys and, and I just want I just want the stats, right? Right. Well I would consider playing this card. Sure. In my limited deck, this intercept communications, because it's close enough to doing two damage that I think that I would play it, like, and I think that's saying a lot because my limited deck's very good and it's very focused with when it comes to the to looking at the pips in my deck. But I would still consider playing this card just even without a soundwave on my team, just to have the two black pips. I, right. I think it's interesting enough that I would play it. Like you just, you know, even even with Ion Storm Bold One, and I'm attacking for. For nine or whatever right like it still gets blocked because a lot of people are playing blue and are sealed and
0: right blue is definitely prominent in our sealed leagues
1: you know i and and that kind of deck the two wide big guys is is where this card is the worst when you have little guys to attack with this card's way better way better yeah i agree with i think it it
0: definitely wants to be in a deck where you have like if you have a a, like a, a kind of a crappy weaponizer like like sure. a weaponizer that's not so great, and you just want to get a, some like, chip damage in with that weaponizer. Like a detour. Or something. A detour just is a good example like, of that too.
1: Like some some guy that you have in there just because you're three wide, right? Or four wide, or whatever. Like like, and it it does a lot of work. I think. I I mean, it needs a little testing because I've never actually played constructed. This is all speculation, but I think it does a lot of work. So. Now we should talk about what it actually does because I still haven't read it to them. That's true. So that's that's the black pips, but that's the most interesting thing about the card. The card itself says, "Play only if you have Soundwave on your starting team." We know that. Draw two cards. Yep. Draw two cards is a good ability. It's pep talk. Right. Pep talk's fine. Pep yeah. talk has a blue pip, so it does some other stuff, but it has draw two cards, which is which is good. There's not a lot of two for ones in this game, and this is one of them. Then it says, "Choose a card in your opponent's scrap pile and put it on top of their deck." Now, I just I I think that they just like like these words to me <laughs> don't mean anything. Yeah. wizards was just like like this needs some more text on it.
0: Yeah. And I'm so let's it, put some good words together and let's make <laughs> let's make so that work. It doesn't do nothing.
1: Just just like interpret the ways. It doesn't do nothing. You get to put a card on top of their deck that makes their defense worse. You have to jump through a million hoops not to play this on your defense. You have to, like, play four other cards or something. But it is possible that you would be able to, like, stack their attack with it if you had the secret action that plays an armor and a multi-mission gear, or some like some weird combination right. of things. Normally, you're just going to be playing this on your turn as your action for the turn. So you'll draw two cards. And that's great. Yeah, We all want to do that. And you're going to choose a card in their discard pile and put it on top of their deck. Now, you would think that this would be good if they had, like, a King Starscream or trigger happy or something that cares about the cards on their discard pile well you're just going to put it right back there when you attack right. so you're not you're not killing their draw well
0: you're, you're not... kind of changing the order of their draw just a little bit right because normally you would be drawing like if we're just thinking about how the deck existed before we'd be drawing we'd flip two cards for defense assuming just standard flips third card would be our draw card right but in this case you're actually moving the second card that would be normally on the defense flip into the draw position whether that's good or uh, bad i don't know but what I will say about this is it, it is essentially, if you can do it properly, it is essentially a way to only allow your opponent to get one potentially good defense flip. Right, but and that's, that's that's what it is
1: obviously intended for, is just to like kill one, kill half their defense. Unless they have tough, then it's some other percentage. One, the only time that it ever actually kills their draw is if they have a battlefield report right. or a uh, security console. So if they have either of those cards like if you think they have a battlefield report because they have a secret action or if they have a security console equipped you can make their security console way worse. Right because because Wizards um, has
0: ruled in the priority of actions that because it's your turn you choose the order of the resolution of those Right. You're you're just so. going to
1: play this like before you attack anyway so it, True um, true it's not a,
0: it's not triggering at the same time sorry. Right, right. So so you could
1: like just put a dead card on top of them and draw right. a security console right. and they'll draw it and they won't put it back or whatever. So you'll just have made them draw like a worse card kind of. Um it's just, it's just like, it just feels like extra text to me. Like, I wish this was like you stack their draw somehow. Like, like they're regular for the turn draw. Like, look um, at it
0: and reorder.
1: You like pick one of their battle cards and put it back after after the like at the end of turn or something. Like, because I think that that's like the kind of thing they wanted to do. Because he's supposed to be like the sneaky spy guy and like right. it, it go, you know, that's like what his ability is. But I don't know. Overall, I think it's much better than in Interpret the Airwaves, the Blaster one. Because it has a star, I think it will be very limited. Like you won't see a lot of them. Maybe in the David wave version. Well, I don't. I don't,
0: I don't even know how you could do it because you'd have to cut Detour, who's so imperative. Like just as a as a bot to survive in that space. Yeah, that
1: that deck likes to be four wide. I mean, you just it, don't
0: you don't have a good alternative, right? To put three stars into the deck right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Okay, so we we've, we've ran through everything. I'm looking at our timer here Neil and we, we apparently our rant about megatron cost us some time so right that was my um, fault <laughs> i apologize everyone so we're going to we're going to wrap up today uh, this episode episode 1 i hope you enjoyed the episode uh, obviously we'll we'll post this out to all of the traditional places you expect to find a podcast but i definitely want to remind you that we will have facebook accounts and and twitter accounts and we'd love for you to follow us there give us some feedback this is this is the first time Neil and i have done podcasting we've done a fair amount of video work but but we, we are going to go through the podcasting process here. On our next episode, we'll, we will talk about Omnibots. I'll make sure that it makes it into that. Maybe we'll talk about COG. And Neil and I will come up with what this bet's going to be for Gen, Gen Con and Top 32 for General yeah, the Megatron. General Megatron. All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Jesse Bergman. And with me, as always, is Neil Molman. We're the Shuffle Bus. And we'll see you on the next episode.